Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 236. Yep, welcome to episode 236, The Pegasus Project, and a crossover episode between Atlantis and SG-1. And we've got a third voice. Our regular contributor, I think beyond guest. Uh, I'm not sure if we should publish a graduated sort of scale of titles. Hello everyone, Brett from Australia. Uh, very hot and clammy day in the finish lands, but no thunderstorms yet. Doubtless it will wait until I go outside and protect it again like I did on Sunday and then lash about four litres of rain down my back. It seems strange to hear of hot weather in Finland. My description when I was uh, creating a character for a particular site, I think I put, I'm starting to wish the frozen north was actually frozen again. I encountered Claudia Black's character in Mass Effect 2. She's batshit crazy. Does the character look anything like her? It's a Quarian, so it's in a spacesuit. All you can see is a pair of eyes through a visor. It's interesting. Every other Quarian has significant voice distortion on. She doesn't. It should be recognisable as Claudia. But it seems quite a small role, unless she's going to pop up again later. She has a tendency of popping up again later. (laughs) (laughs) Or causing other things to pop up. I wasn't going to go there. Why on earth not, right? I don't know, I was walking around in the heat for three and a half hours today. I, oddly enough, I got, is it true that anything over factor 35 is banned in Australia? Due to the fact that it was actually causing vitamin D deficiencies. What do you mean, the temperature of 35? No, sunscreen. Oh, I don't know, last I heard it gave men boobs. I haven't used sunscreen for 24 years. What the hell did they put in it down there? <laughs> Probably chicken. Probably the chicken they haven't been putting in nuggets. Six or seven years ago, McDonald's suddenly started putting up billboards around Ireland saying, McDonald's chicken nugget, now made with 100% real chicken. How this is supposed to allay anyone's suspicions? Mm. So I remember there was one self saying 100% Australian beef went into their burgers while the company was called 100% Australian beef wasn't actually the product. <laughs> <laughs> so. and that is beautiful advertising. Mm. Strictly true, while at the same time being completely misleading. Thanks to some of the Skype issues this week, the show has come in a little shorter than I would have liked. So here is a pretty quick spoiler-free review of Jennifer Wells' full-length fan-fiction novel called Future Memoratia, a Stargate Atlanta story which takes place within the third season of the show. Pretty sure I'm mangling the pronunciation of the title. Apologies. Dr Emily Friedman, linguist and archaeologist, perhaps second only to Daniel Jackson in the SGC, in the area of translating alien artefacts and languages, and in some cases passing even the illustrious Daniel in raw capability. She was brought into the SGC by Daniel, and quickly settled into the rhythm of examining alien texts and devices, and offering insight to the scientists of the SGC and Area 51, even going off-world to source her work directly. The only problem is that Emily seems to have issues with gate travel, headache, sickness and literally unable to function at the required level for a member of an SGE unit going off-world, and no medical reason could be found. Which means Emily spends most of her time at the SGC, 
even though the IOA are desperate to get her to sign up for a stint on Atlantis and to directly take on the ancient database. Things change after contact with an alien device. Emily sees her future play out, which includes marriage and the loss of her husband, leaving her with three children to raise. Further on, she sees herself with another man, truly one who loves her and she loves him. But they are much older, but she knows who he is. And so with a definite goal of making her chosen future come true, she agrees to use the Midway Intergalactic Bridge to travel to Atlantis and survive the gate travel and finally meet the man she is destined to be with. Future Memorasia is a phenomenal story. Jennifer herself calls it fan fiction, but this is up there with any Stargate story that I've read and has the scope and tie-ins to the show's canon that really pay off to even a casual viewer of Stargate Atlantis, especially its third season. Emily is a well-written character, fits into the parameters of what we expect from Stargate, but it's Jennifer's representation of the existing canon characters that gives the story its real bite. I really don't have any issues with how any of them are written, nor how she weaves in the plots from the show and the path that they eventually take, given the influence of a single individual with knowledge of future events. I was grinning like a fool when Carson's talk about his dear old mum was described as creepy, and how well the boyish attitude of Radek was written. I may, in hindsight, have had small issues with how Elizabeth was portrayed, but it worked out okay, and I think that was by design to make a particular narrative work within the whole. Jennifer has produced a classic piece of Stargate Atlantis literature, and what's more, it's free to read. You can get copies for most of the ebook readers, and since there's no DRM, you're free to convert it as required. I encourage you to give it a go, if you have taken any pleasure from Stargate Atlantis at all. Then maybe check out her first published novel, Fluency, which I bought for my Kindle a few months ago. It's well worth buying, and the first novel in a brand new sci-fi series. Links to Jennifer's website and associated sources for her novels will be in the show notes. Netflix The Killing favourite our sweet. Why would the Netflix... I, I get the impression that's a follower of ours on Twitter who accidentally used his work account instead of... No. No? No. One of the birthdays today, he was in the killing, so hashtag the killing. Hmm. Fair enough. Made my first high-end Barbie doll figure brought yesterday. What? Hot Toys 1-6 scale figure. Catwoman. Proper collectible? Yeah. 250 bucks. Want to be proper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what version is your model on? Is it film or comic? Dark Knight Rises, Anne Hathaway. She straddled a motorbike very nicely. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get the bat pod now. There's $550. <laughs> well, that's a lot of money, but if that's what you like, then go for it. Am I audibly eating an orange? Nope, oh. I can't hear you. Okay, that's yeah, it. No. Silent running. Good movie. There's grapes and oranges and fizzy water. I like fizzy water. It's got bubbles in. Hello, I'm Mark. And I'm Kirsty. We bring you Two to Beam Up, a Star Trek original series episode review podcast. Never watched the original series and my husband here tells me that it's worth watching. So listen every other week and find out what I think. So, are you looking forward to this? To doing the podcast, yes. Uh, watching the episodes, well, we'll see, won't we? you love it. Hmm. So keep an eye out on our forum at forum.trekmatefamily.com and on our Twitter account at trekmate1701. See you later. Two to Beam Up, part of the Trekmate family network. Excellent podcast for both fans of the original series and people new to it. Well worth a listen. So I'm assuming there's at least a 30 degree difference between where I am and where you are, Brad? <laughs> I haven't checked this morning. It was supposed to be minus four in Canberra yesterday. I'm glad I didn't go that way. Ah, uh, it's 30. 
<laughs> I'm not used to living in a place that experiences a 55 degree temperature swing. Minus 18 to minus 20 in the winter and plus 30 in the summer. I'm not built for that. Yeah, that's a big swing. Not as bad as Northern Territories or even Canberra. Although you don't yeah. get very cold, do you? No, still stays in the plus. So you actually wanted to record earlier? Ah, oh, it just means I can get on the road earlier. I normally leave about 3 o'clock, I pass for anyway, so I'll be about an hour behind. I see. Are we all queued up? Or are we going to say something else? Yep, I'm ready to go. Bradley? Indeed. Don't be stealing my lines, Brad. Right, let's go with traditional, because it's too hard for me to get inventive linguistically. A three, a doe, a hane, clicky. Pretty. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the way you saw it in the episode. Yep. And no previously on. Mm, that's quite, yeah. Try it out. Quite right. Poor <laughs> Daniel. Looks like he's had a very busy night. He should have a book in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> he's literally fell asleep while eating his breakfast. Yeah. Probably a Christian did it in the Babylon 5. Well, didn't they swap the breakfast over or something? Worried sick about the success of the mission. Cup sunshine. Time to see what old Santa brought me. Morning. Wakey, wakey, Daniel. What? We just came out of hyperspace. I'm guessing you don't want to miss the landing. Well, what time is it? This is the captain. All hands take stations for atmospheric entry. Later than you think, Daniel. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> you want to say you run, and the cameraman has to run backwards with you. He's a little excited. Yeah, just leave it there. Somebody's employed on this spaceship just to tie up your mess. Yes. Not mentioning atmosphere entry isn't all going to go everywhere. Well, the inertial dampness that good. They're that good, don't worry about it. They only <laughs> fall about the screen when the plot demands it. You're ex-military, Brad. I'm sure you had non-coms who did things like cleaning up uneaten breakfast. Yeah. yeah, you took the dishes back to where you got them from. Some people were dicks and didn't. Anyhow, beautiful shot. <laughs> now that looked like a body double for Claudia. The hair didn't look right at all. Second unit filming, maybe? <laughs> I wanted to be the first to say welcome to Atlantis. Thank you, Doctor. We're getting a good look at your fair city even as we approach. Feel free to take a moment. But Stargate Command wants you to get started on your mission as soon as you've offloaded our supplies. We're out. <laughs> yep, no holiday. No sightseeing. <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, nothing. I guess I just wish my first trip to Atlantis wasn't under such desperate circumstances. Don't count your chickens, Daniel. You haven't landed yet. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly it cloaks. It wasn't the real one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fooled you. Mm. If we don't succeed in the ore, I manage to get more ships through that super gate. Well, like the lady said, let's all just take a moment. Mm. Well, they really had to do a crossover while they still had the season. Mm. Daniel looks authentically knackered. <laughs> I mean, for once, his hair actually looks worse than Sam's does. Nice little touch using some of the Atlantis music as well. Mm. Fortunate that the same guy does SG1 and Atlantis. Yeah, makes Lost an easy. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yep. All right then, the Pegasus Project, season ten, episode three of Stargate SG One, Gatecast, episode two hundred and thirty-six. This episode got its US premiere July the twenty-eighth, two thousand six. We got it in the UK November the first, the Canadians November the sixteenth. Our friends in Germany got it August the first, two thousand seven, the Swedes November the fifth, and the Japanese October the twenty-eighth, two thousand eight. This episode was written by Brad Wright and directed by Will Wearing. In the French market, it was called Continual Going and Coming, and in the German market, The Pegasus Principle. 
And yes, I chickened out and used the English translations. You may not be surprised to find that there are no shows with episodes of the same title. A little bit of trivia, this is where the Skype issues really started to bite on this recording. Fun and games ahead. Fading? Yep, one of the standard opening shots from Stargate Atlantis on Stargate SG-1. The Ori Supergate has been inactive since they sent their first wave, but it's been reported that the Priors are promising reinforcements for their armies, which are on their way and should be here soon. Look at that. David Hewlett. Yes. Joe Flanagan in Stargate SG-1. The fans go wild. I was going to say, this would have to be one of the heaviest crossovers they've done. Mm. Normally you'll have Bo in one or Weir in another, but never both teams, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used a, a wide lens on this scene because that room looks huge compared to what it normally does. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. But the, the table isn't in a particularly lethal configuration. No, it's got the spokes. Yeah, but the spokes are all pointing inward. They always do. Believe it or not, they had placeholders for the cast. I know that. They had a lot of trouble scheduling this shot to make sure they had everybody available because they were still working on other episodes at the time. Mm. Like putting together a St. Bernard and a Chihuahua. And the problem with that would be... Well, obviously it's a question of... Uh... <laughs> yeah, picture that. <laughs> uh, I see. You're um, mocking me, aren't you? What? Uh, um... No, I'm not from Earth. I honestly didn't get the reference. Oh. Oh, well, they're both dogs. McKay. Colonel Carter, please continue. If he speaks again, I'll shoot him. No, that I suppose there's only, only one other shot where they're actually all in the same room together. I'm sure the insurance people were going a bit wibbly. <laughs> you know, there's an accident here for <laughs> There is definitely a different dynamic between the two teams when you see them right next to each other. Stargate Command inadvertently dialed the gate address of a planet that was on a collision course with a black hole. P3W451, if memory serves. The only way to disconnect before Cheyenne Mountain got swallowed up was to set off a shaped charge right at the event horizon. Now, that energy spike forced our outgoing wormhole to jump to another Stargate that was relatively close by. The commentary for this episode is Will Waring and Jim Menard. This was Will Waring's first attempt at directing a partial SGA episode. He went on to direct a hell of a lot more afterwards. Him and Jim Menard came onto this episode after filming David's A Dog's Breakfast. Look at Daniel. Biggest grin on his face. You may need me. <laughs> Colonel Carter said as much. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just rises about two inches. Do you think you could spare Rodney from your team? Well, you can keep him. I don't think you want to. <laughs> They wanted to make a point when they were filming this, so you got to see the whole of the, well, not the bridge, the control tower. Giant set thing. It's a nice place you got here. Thanks. We just painted. Of course, the joke about painting it was that they had literally painted the set during the hiatus. Shoot him. Also, he's mortally allergic to citrus. Really? Keep one with me at all times. Just a comfort to know it's there. That's good intel, thanks. And there's the citrus line. Yes. Added afterwards, the scene with the lemon had already been filmed and they wanted to give it a bit more context. It seemed a bit hard to play his camera and whipping out the lemon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, be good. Yeah, good luck. I wish I was coming with you. No, you don't. No, I don't. Now this place is Daniel Disneyland. Wow. Just find the weapon. No pressure. Yes, your desire to access the Atlantis database is quite urgent, Dr. Jackson. Shall we? 
where's Vala? We're also seeing Tori's long hair. If you recall, I said the she let it grow during the holidays. Mm. On the season opener, of course, it was only a couple of minutes between episodes, story-wise. So she had to pin it all up. Oh dear. No, you think not. she'd be the one that's been off the side? Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you've been obsessing about coming here. This place it must be full of so many wonderful souvenirs. Yeah, how much is it worth? Souvenirs. <laughs> 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 yeah, don't leave anything lying around when Bella's about. Still, there are entire sections of the city and whole systems we don't even pretend to understand. You could spend a lifetime trying. I hope to. It's actually a pretty good scene because it does set down in, in, you know, in canon exactly how much of the city they've explored. Mm. One of the reasons, you know, when they first brought the city, you think they could do a whole season just exploring the, you know, various rooms, and but they never really did. Certainly do a few bottle episodes. Well, if they've gotten seven, maybe they might have. Every two or three episodes, I'd discover something new and yeah. lead to the near direction of the city. Proof in point, the ancient kept a lot of dangerous stuff around. <laughs> True. That's it, Daniel. She needs a firm hand. Just don't go overboard, because she'll bite back. You got rough <laughs> handling there. This is the captain. Stand by for liftoff. That's a lot. Yep, that is a lot of nuclear weapons. I'm sure they're fine. It's the reason you're here, McKay. Hmm, right. But, um, first, I just wanted to thank you for being there for me recently in a time of great personal need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do it, Rodney. Don't do it. There, I was alone in the dark, but um, um, you know, it seemed like you were. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you telling me one of your fantasies? No, no, it's a hallucination. Look, I had a concussion. I was trapped in the back of a sinking jumper, and my mind conjured you up as a means of survival. It says what you would do in my situation. Save my life. Okay, well, that's sort of nice. Hmm. Yes, it was. <laughs> was I naked? Partially. Check my calculations, McKay. Hmm. Oh, I'm to <laughs> Uh, I feel icky. And naturally it goes. <laughs> you would have thought you would have heard about this song. Yeah. It was tasteful. What are you going about? It wasn't anywhere near tasteful. It's okay, it needs to be on screen. You couldn't be fully naked. Yeah, when they mean power hog. It costs a hell of a lot of money to uh, CGI it, so we don't use it. <laughs> this is the place. Convenient. Start pressing buttons, you'll work it out. Hello. It's as simple as asking questions to the holographic interface. For example... Doctor, where to Stargate operations? <sighs> I'm sorry. I'll be right there. The interface can walk you through your search until I get back. Oh, I should probably warn you. She seemed a little bit patronizing. The program was designed to teach very young children the Lantian systems. Yes, so DOS, not 1995. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is a play. <laughs> Hello. Hello. We're looking for a couple of planets in the Milky Way. Bella. What? Well, let it continue. <laughs> you may enter your query verbally or by entering it manually on the console before you. I'll speak. If that's all right. Of course. But note for future sessions, manual input is required for most system interaction. Mm -hmm. The hologram is played by Sarah Strange, Canadian actress. She returns in this role in The Ark of Truth. Also been in Motive, The Killing, Regenesis and First Wave. She wasn't the original actor in The Rising, was no, she? No, she wasn't. No. Maintain orbit at minimum safe distance. Keep sublight engines on standby. Oh my... I do like the little bit of colour they have on the ship now. Yeah. Gives it a bit more character. Yeah. Wide as well across the beam. Yeah, it's more of a target to bring up against a rape ship. What you're looking at is called the accretion disk. It's matter trapped in the gravity well. You can't actually see the black hole itself. 
which is cool. That's moving rather fast. Mm. Mm. You know, if you consider how big that accretion disk is, mm -hmm. it's moving, I wouldn't say probably near light speed, but pretty damn close, I'd have thought. This is Emerson to flight operations. Release the gate. Release the hounds. Release the Kraken! Then you bring it back to a hurricane, it doesn't even spin half as fast and it's a lot smaller. Where do they keep finding these spare gates? The Milky Way ones. Thousands of them, aren't there? They probably, you know, when they raided Bowl's place, they probably took all them as well. You gotta wonder why it sort of went out off center. Yeah. Whoever's got the remote control, they don't need to be fine. Who's flying yeah. it? <laughs> These controls. Why isn't there a 12 year old on this with a joystick? It's my first day. <laughs> no. No. Come on, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two minutes, I'm hungry. What's up with him? He's jolly. What happened to the chocolate bar? He always carries around with him. It's gotta be better than a Vax sandwich from the mess. <laughs> and that is Teonaz. Yeah, that was the CGI they decided to do for this scene. This hologram, of course, isn't a hologram. It is the actual actress. Okay, um, show me the order in which the earliest ancient cities were founded. How's that useful? You're going to join up all the dots and draw a pretty picture? I'm just getting my bearings. You're going to have to get used to the fact this is probably going to take a while. The way you approach things, it could take the rest of our lives. I'm sorry, but we're not going to find the location of this thing by looking under W for weapon. P for planet, then? I'm just saying, ask the question. <sighs> Doctor, we already tried to be a complete waste of time. It would take all of 11 seconds. <sighs> Hello, we're looking for the names of two planets, known on Earth in ancient times in the dialect of Old English as Castiana and Sahal. Satisfied. Teoth, Baclarouche, and Valas Kor. That should have been the first clue. Mm. Payoness, she wouldn't have information on that. Right. Now I'm satisfied. Mode for kids, so you only got simple, not cryptic. <laughs> <sighs> See, Daniel? Doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you won't hear that very often, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> but again. <laughs> Daniel's tweaked it. Suspicious. Yeah. You know, Disney should make a film about this. They've rebooted everything so far. Why not the black hole? Uh, apparently it's coming. Cool. Evil robots and good robots. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. One of your crew wouldn't let me finish my sandwich in the corridor. Oh. I say the the Odyssey does look bigger than uh, the Daedalus, even though it isn't. Mm. Yeah. Didn't put an extra wall in the side of the bridge. <laughs> I've already sent the remote dial command. It's just going to take a while because of time dilation. That's a nice playback image on the view screen. Hmm. Wormhole is established. Well, of course it is. It's true. Rodney can't help but be smug about anything. Teal, I have a collect call from the Pegasus Galaxy. Will you accept the charges? Nobody here by that name. It's one hell of a phone call. Uh -huh. <laughs> Isn't it? Hey, how are things back home in the Milky Way? Why aren't you close? Why? Nobody's around. It's a difference everywhere else. You would have thought they'd have spent money on a backdrop for uh, Tilk. He uh, spends the whole episode in the cargo ship. Well, we're about to get the party started, so just hang loose. Yeah, like, Tilk's voice really needs to sound deeper. I am hanging loosely, Glamazor. Is it just me, or does his voice sound deeper? This time dilation effect of the black hole can't be helped. Right. So, 
Who wants to set off a big old firecracker? A 26 megaton directed energy firecracker, you mean? Oh, the, no, these bed. Oil and water. Yep. Oh, forgive me for not wanting to vaporize the Stargate on our first attempt. We're on a clock, McKay. We have to take the risk. You know, I find your recklessness so sec. All the times we've tried to vaporize the Stargate has failed, so why would you be worried about it now? <laughs> Although Rodney with the ancient for weapon is probably the only one that's ever destroyed a Stargate. Yep. Unless it's still floating there in an empty galaxy. The half blew up. Attention all hands. Stand by launching first warhead. Beaming device in three, two, one, mark. Where's Hemorrhoid? <laughs> yeah, the thought Tilt wearing goggles would have been a bit <laughs> iffy. Tilt, what's the good news? Delay is annoying. I <laughs> <laughs> say, Rodney, you're going to realise how lucky you are working with Shepard and Ronan and Taylor. Mm -hmm. Although they do not appear in this episode. Daniel, mm. we got what we came for. I know. Shouldn't we be out there telling someone? Not yet. Okay, well, she told us the name of the planets. They were right up there glowing in the ceiling. Teothvac, Clarush, and Thalos Core. She even gave us the addresses, which means we could be out there somewhere overlooking Atlantis, toasting with exotic beverages. Yes, Sarah here is standing perfectly on, on a mark. If she steps anywhere to the left or right, the lighting effect will totally disappear. <laughs> She's probably very, very hot under the lighting that got bearing down on her. I thought there'd at least be some remnant, some vague similarity between the words Castiana and Sahal and their ancient language counterparts. She wouldn't lie. I don't know. But explain this to me. How can this database translate in real time a language spoken 8,000 years after the ancients abandoned Atlantis? Tweet the image a bit with the cameras <laughs> to give her the glow. Not to mention the fact the more you try and stand still, the more you wobble. Yeah. <laughs> they even had to put a little extra light onto uh, Daniel and Bala mm. to you know, give you the idea that the hologram is reflecting. There is. <laughs> Fled? Display them for me. One at a time. Come on, Daniel. It's just that good. It's probably uh, tapped into your own computers, you know, access your own database. No, 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 no. Those yield calculations are perfectly fine. They are. If your goal is to blow up the Stargate. Anything less and it won't add enough energy to the matter stream to make a jump And the anything more and the Stargate will be destroyed. Look, you want to run high voltage, but you've only got an extension cord. It's impossible, and I told you so no, before we left the No, you said Atlantis. it was borderline impossible. Yes, well, we've crossed the border. Always love these shots. Just mm, walk around, figure of eight. Mm -hmm. Walls being lifted and moved about as the camera passes in. Yep. Steady cam operator earns his paycheck again. Does, don't he? Pending death, you could work absolute merit. I suppose Shepard told you that? Yes, he did. It was all true, but I'm not under the threat of impending death, and I don't have a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cameron, that's not right. <laughs> he's, he's got the lemon in his hand as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to use it. As I said in the commentary, if Rodney really is allergic to citrus, that is dangerous. Mm. Yeah. You know, Cam, he's not wrong. As much as it pains me to say it, the data from our first attempt supports his argument. Well, like my grandma used to say, if at first you don't succeed... Try a larger thermonuclear reaction. Rodney's very rarely wrong. He just tends to be too right at times. <laughs> as I said, great job for these actors. <laughs> Getting makeup, have the picture taken, then go home. <laughs> 
You get the impression Valor is not leaving Daniel's side because she just doesn't trust him. No, I think Valor's not leaving Daniel's side because he doesn't trust her. Merlin. Yep, we know that one. Yeah, Matthew Walker. Morris was the last High Counselor of Atlantis. Morris? Well, apart from the funny hat, he's a spitting image of Merlin, isn't he? See, now this time it was Mirrodin. You see how a word can change over the centuries. I know where you're going. Yes, a bit of a dick, to be honest, wasn't he? Mm. Came back to Atlantis at some stage and hid these names here as clues for us to find. No. No. The first human to set foot within the city after it was abandoned was Dr. Elizabeth Weir, leader of the current Atlantis expedition. Are you sure of that? Evidence of his presence would have been recorded. Hands up who hasn't talked to their computer after it's given them an answer they don't like. Guess that's it. We'll have to leave here with exactly that which we came here for. <laughs> Someone else. Who? You chose your words very carefully when you said the first human to set foot in the city. What about ascended being? As Vala points out, we've got the information we want. Why are we still here? <laughs> You're not really a hologram, are you? No. I'm a peanut butter and banana sandwich. You have your answer, Daniel Jackson. I suggest you act on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How can it be a power hog? Well, it's just draining the a... power off to give the impression it's generating a hologram. Well, they're not actually looking at the power stats, are they, at the moment? No, that they was still searching through the database. Agree, it is one of duration. We need to calibrate an explosion with a low enough yield that the gate can survive, but maintain sufficiently high energy for there to be a cumulative effect on the matter stream. You see, when I first realized we that used we were... two bombs. <laughs> it was building up to the revelation. We set the second device to detonate within a few seconds of the first. I'm sure you made the calculations. Yes, they're right here. <laughs> it does seem right scribbling on not a chalkboard or a whiteboard, but mm. looks out of place on the bridge. Mm. We only have four devices left. Hmm. And we need two, so um, let me just do the math. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what what the the on the case Do we at all? Is that even a sentence? <laughs> Drive the gate closer to the event horizon of the black hole. I'm not crazy about bringing the Odyssey in that much closer. Oh boy, he hasn't been around SG-1 very long. I think it's worth the risk. Of course it is. <laughs> yep. You get the impression that on the day, right... Who's not doing out over on the SGA set at the moment? Because mm. we want you. Mm. Do I get paid more? Of course you do, David. <laughs> Joke as well. What is it, Radek? Elizabeth, we've detected a Wraith Hive ship with our long-range sensors. Is it headed this way? Toward the Odyssey. We should alert them. Open a channel. We can't. The black hole is blocking their subspace communications. The Odyssey sensors will also be affected. Most likely, along with several other systems. There's a possibility they won't see the Wraith approaching them until it's too late. That is my concern, yes. He's got it easier compared to Walter. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes, but we won't do in our episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop complaining, Walter. Be thankful it's uncanny how many times you're on duty when the story's going on. Mm. Uh, you'd probably have to send yeah. someone to his Sacrifice position. people. You say you'd think they'd seed a few more planets with subspace transmitters. Yeah. You know, create a galaxy-wide net. Especially the trouble they've had reaching No Man's Land and everything else. Like, yeah. Outlying planets yeah. close to Pegasus. How can we help? If you can get our message to Teal, he should be able to alert Odyssey through the connected stargates. We'll have to send a team with a subspace transmitter closer to Teal's position. Okay then, Walter. The pressure's all on you. No running off to the general. Make this happen, man. Make this happen. There's still time to get it to them, but you're going to have to hurry. We're out. 
I'm gonna check in on Dr. Jackson and let him know what's happening here. Right. Yeah, you better keep your eye on Daniel. You never know what the boy's up to. I know you're still here. There's no point in hiding. <laughs> That's it. Talk to the ear. <laughs> okay. Daniel's going cuckoo. <laughs> Dr. Jackson. Oh, hi. Hi. Who are you talking to? Well, I don't know what she's calling herself these days, but at one point in history, her name was Morgan Le Fay. That's it. Raise your voice. It's <laughs> almost English, Daniel. If I talk louder, she'll be able to understand me. Oh, yes. Do you think he even tried to push the button? Yeah. Push the button. It was also glowing white. Yes. Hello. That's her. You may enter your query verbally or by entering You don't drop the school teacher act. This is a computer-generated image of a Lantean woman who lived 10,000 years ago. I'm pretty familiar with the program. It hasn't changed. Stop being reasonable. Question. Whose image is your avatar based on, and what's the purpose of your program? You've met ancients before. You know it's possible. Mm. And this is Daniel doing, you know, you've got to believe him, really. Mm. For starters, she told us exactly what we needed to know. She did? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that was our first clue that something was up. <laughs> We're not used to that. The ancient actually told us something. Yes, normally it's a map or something, or a, you know, a prophecy. Yes, if you immediately know the candlelight is fire, the meal's cooked a long time ago. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. You have your answer, Daniel Jackson. I suggest you act on it. See? See? Her demeanor completely changed. She looked directly at Daniel. It was really creepy. Well, I did warn you that she could be patronizing. You said this device uses a lot of power. Is there any way of determining exactly how much power we've used? Yes, control room, this is Weir. I need you to access the power usage logs for the hollow room. Yes, ma'am. Convenient. Clicky, clicky, clicky. Why does he have to use a different laptop? Surely you've done that one. Sprung. None. Are you sure? Well, the lights are on, other than that. You'd have thought she could, mm. you know, artificially put a power drain on the system if she really wanted to. Mm. Got you. There's a sheen of sweat there. I'm sure they tried to keep it off her, but she's clearly boiling. <laughs> I'm the one who should apologize. Well, that's some wattage you've been on her head. Yep. <laughs> well, don't you feel a bit silly, Elizabeth? Tilk, it's Mitchell. We're going again. Looks like this is one of those days when one nuke is not enough. So we're going to fire off two in rapid succession. Understood, Colonel Mitchell. Maintain a good, safe distance, Tilk. There's a possibility we could vaporize the gates on both ends if we get this wrong. It's like 5%, maybe 7 it will be fine. Yeah, because you've had such success with explosions and stargates in the past, McKay. Yeah, if McKay was at the other end of the gate, then he, he may have a different sensibilities. Three, two, one, mark. He's looking worried now. <laughs> it actually looks like they've got uh, a blast shield on the cargo ship. Ah, so it works, just not quite big enough. Mm. However, energy did pass between the Stargate and the Supergate. Close, but not enough. Indeed. We still have two more bombs. I said we increase the yield to maximum, try it again. You were the one who said a maximum yield blast would vaporize both gates. We've only got one more shot at this. What difference does it make? Excellent point. <laughs> Each attempt is forcing the gate closer to the event horizon of the black hole. Keep safe beaming distance. I'm gonna to have to bring the Odyssey in even closer. Did they explain at the start of the episode how they're dialing a different gate without a ZPM? 
Mm. Unless they're pulling power from the black hole. Well, I suppose if they they put thrusters on the gate, then they go so wire in a Naquita generator. Mm. Mm. I they got the Mark 9 now. Oh, the Mark 2 Naquita generator. Odyssey, this is Teal. My sensors indicate that an Ori vessel is approaching these coordinates. At their current speed, they will arrive within minutes. <laughs> That's just what we need. Mm. Yeah. Don't worry, Teal. You can take them. He needs to get out of there. Can't do that. Well, why not? He's a sitting duck. What Colonel Mitchell is saying is we can't allow the Ori to discover the secondary gate. If they do, we'll never get another shot at this. Hmm. Sorry, Tilk, but you're staying put. Still one of the best shots of Atlantis. Yep. You're an ascended ancient. I am. Specifically Morgan Le Fay. Just stick around. Yeah. Meet John. He gets on real well with ancients. <laughs> Been 10,000 years, you need a date. <laughs> I hear the East Pear's good with a bottle of wine and some bread. <laughs> if you know what it is we're looking for, and as an ascended being, I have to assume you do. As Dr. Jackson knows, it is against our highest law to interfere. But interfering a little bit is fine, is it? <laughs> yeah. It's one of the mysteries of the show exactly how much the ancients can interfere. Yeah. Yeah. Walking that line. Like Star Trek and the Prime Directive, it alters the circumstance. According to legend, you were Merlin's greatest rival. Merlin is both Moros and Myrdin. For a time in your history, yes, I was his rival. But we're talking about many thousands of years, Dr. Jackson, as you know. Things change. When we first abandoned Atlantis all those millennia ago... Yeah, can I have this light off me now? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Scene isn't done yet. They actually ended up filming in, in this room for a day and a half. Hey. They got their money's worth. Instead, we spread out to many lands, some of us planting a few small seeds of civilization among the first tribes of man, others making their way to the Stargate at your southern pole, still others choosing to live the remainder of our lives in seclusion and meditation. Merlin and I both chose the latter path, and so you ascended. They actually pointed out that uh, during takes, that's era going a little bit manic. Mm. After a while, you've just got to move about, shake, around, shake yourself around a bit after standing so still for so long. He did everything within his power to keep his work secret, mm. but we feared his intentions. I was sent to observe, and if necessary, to stop him. Wait right there, just a minute. If he was human again, then you were interfering. You broke your own law. <laughs> so, you know, say Morgan must have been very, very powerful. Mm. If we're to assume that, you know, the ancients all aren't of the same power when they descend. Mm. It seems a bit of a... Like I say, Merlin, he kept his knowledge... What's his name? Mm. Who Orlan. came back for Sam? Orlan. Orlan, that's him, right? He kept his knowledge, but he had to come back as a child, so his brain could take all the data. But Omar did say that Daniel chose to come back, mm. if he had a memory. So you're telling us that after doing everything in your power to oppose Merlin, all of a sudden you agree with him? Because if you don't, then you're deliberately misleading us. So the question, can you trust an ancient? Teal, has the Ori ship detected your presence? I cannot be certain. Oh, that's fine, yet. <laughs> yeah, you're still alive, Tilk. Tilk, I need you to get the ship into position alongside the gate. From there, you should be able to extend the cloak around the active stargate. Okay, so you just change a couple of crystals to make cloak extend? Yeah, what are the odds, though, that Ori technology can't detect mm. a Jaffa cloak, even if it is based on ancient, you know, uh, technology from way back when? Indeed. But then Anubis posed ancient technology and he could detect a cloaked ship in uh, Lost City, so 
you'd think they'd be able to detect him there. Well, Anubis, he was, he was just yeah. so good hunting, you know. <laughs> Anubis was many things. I don't think good was one of them. Competent, then. Consistent? The joys of English. It's an incredibly ambiguous language. Swedish is so much more specific. <laughs> Hopefully they're there just to check things out and they'll be gone soon. We hope. Maybe. I have no reason to deceive you. No, of course not. So, what were you doing when you were pretending to be a hologram? Yes, I wish I bloody well hadn't now. Mm. <laughs> this was simple. You ask a question, I give you answers, you go. Yep, what's the location of every fully charged CPM in the Pegasus Galaxy? Go. <laughs> yes, that's a good question. <laughs> There are really so many questions you could ask that wouldn't worry the ancients. I believe you. I do. I mean, I understand the fine line you have to walk. I realize the risk you're taking just showing yourself. But I'm sorry, I want more. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> yeah, I know you're listening because I am getting sick of hidden clues and cryptic messages. Yeah, so is the audience. And Merlin was right that the Ori are a threat. But not only to us lowers, not only to the billions of human lives throughout this galaxy, but to your own existence. Because when this war is over, and every soul that's left alive is praying to the Ori, feeding their need to be worshipped, you know who they're going to come for next. I like that. <laughs> I won't pretend to know what that war will look like or on what battlefield it will take place, but then I... I won't be alive to see it. In many ways, you know, the ancients are the hue of Stargate, aren't they? Mm. Not quite as annoying, of course, but... No. In some ways, more. Yeah. Well, maybe John Delance gave him the uh, idea. <laughs> if you really are trying to help, then help yourself. There is a vested self-interest in the ancients helping mm. the humans. Mm. They're a bit Amish, aren't they? You know, we know what's coming, but we're still not going to do anything about it. Yep. Okay, you look at that, you just think, oh that is a lot of energy being generated there. Yeah. <laughs> Have they got a ZPM? Is that whole thing a ZPM? That is probably a singularity. Yeah. Relaying an urgent message via subspace relay from the Gamma site. Message reads, from Atlantis. Have detected Wraith ship approaching Odyssey's coordinates in Pegasus. Cannot relay warning directly because of interference. Advise Odyssey commander of danger upon receipt of this message. Original message received at SGC 1545 Zulu. Don't worry about the size of the Super Stargate, because it's a lot bigger than the first one. Mm. Our last two bombs are ready to go. That's great. Pick a spot and relax. Colonel, sublight engines are under a huge strain maintaining position this long. Ah, oh, dear. Look at that. We've seen that CGI shot before. They've just put a different background in. Yep. <laughs> you speak from the heart, Dr. Jackson. She remembers you. That is what I remember most. Your brief time among us. <laughs> no, you wouldn't call those memories were stripped from me when you were sent back. That's what you're afraid of, isn't it? Doing the right thing and being punished for it. Ah, uh, bureaucracy. <laughs> it always gets you. Imagine the paperwork I've got to fill out just for this. Yep. <laughs> there must be others among you that, that, that see that the time to join this fight is now. Excellent use of music, though. Odyssey, this is Teal'c. Mm-hmm. Teal, what's the word? You need to ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. This is... <laughs> this started out such a nice day. I I'm sorry. How the hell do you know that? Mm, 
you. This isn't good. Atlantis has detected their approach. I am relaying their message via Stargate Command. Something's detected. <laughs> yeah, they are right. We know something's going on here. Just give us time, we'll figure it out. There's no sign of a Wraith ship on the sensors. We can't trust sensors as close to the black hole. Shields to maximum. Shields are only operating at 20% efficiency. What's the black hole? We need to get further away. Move us out. Oh, oh dear. So. Oh, <laughs> they found him. They've <laughs> definitely got the high ground. Oh, there's something out there, all right? We just can't see it. Damage report. Hyperdrive is down. Oh, that was of a good course shot. It is. Did not find <laughs> straight at him. You'll notice the explosions are a slightly different colour, again, to differentiate the Odyssey and the Daedalus. No, you know what? We need to do the opposite. What? Against a gravity well this strong, they've literally got the higher ground. But if we can get them to follow us closer to the black hole... Then their systems will be affected the same way as ours, including their jamming technology. Which means we should be able to beam the warheads directly aboard their ship. In that close, we won't have the engine power to maneuver. So we slingshot and use the gravity well to accelerate back out. Why would they follow you, though? Yeah, they're in wait for you to come back here. You can't stay there. Yeah, you don't go anywhere. If you want to go deeper into the... close to the event horizon, be my guest. We do have the engine power to pull away, correct? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> it worked for Star Trek. You're afraid the others will step in and stop you from helping us, but maybe... Maybe they just need someone to cross that imaginary line instead of just walking it. There must be others among you just waiting to follow your example. Yes, who wants to walk into the minefield first? Volunteers? Yep. But you have been allowed to go this far. Sound because the others want to help. <laughs> yeah, I'm still alive. I'm happy. I don't want to be naked on an alien planet. Yeah. <laughs> Not like you, mate. Yeah. We do. We want you to be. Come on, come on, you can do it. Merlin's weapon is not... Oh, dear. In the commentary, they joked, you know, she could have just said one planet's name. That'd have worked. What happened? Just what she knew would happen. They stopped her. We won't see her again. Yes, we will, Daniel. It's <laughs> not going to help. Yes, when she gets back to uh, the realm of the ancient. Oh, you met Daniel, didn't you? Yes, straight to prison. <laughs> Say hello to Omar while you're there. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked that company either. Pew, 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 pew. You see, now I would imagine, even this close to the black hole, the targeting system's be able to hit the Odyssey every time. We're about to try something that will probably vaporize the Stargate at both ends. You've got exactly 20 seconds to get your hyperdrive online and get out of there. <laughs> don't know how the Asgard hyperdrive worked, but I would have thought it would have been affected by the black hole anyway. Gravitational pull and everything else. I think they're going to notice them. And that should be getting ripped apart. Yep. That glows, yes. <laughs> or at least it should take a couple of years for it to go in and do. <laughs> yeah, let's not worry about time dilation effects in this close. We'll save that for later. Fools, Ray, fools. You could have just stopped, reversed a bit, and been waiting for them when they Yo. came out. That's some pretty good slow motion and visual effects. Things have moved on since uh, the days of Andromeda. There it is. Ray ships in position. Beaming warheads in three, two, one, mark. Why are you bothering with the countdown? <laughs> Seriously. That's it, Tilt Run. <laughs> it's seen yet. Well, that's a lucky shot, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Ah, the Kawush. 
<laughs> so, what indeed? <laughs> oh, nice. It's good to know the shields aren't that good. How many thousands of troops were on that? A lot. Yep. <laughs> A very satisfied grin on Tilk's face. The Wraith ship has been destroyed. Reduce sublight engines to one third. Let's get hyperdrive back online. But there's something else. I don't know how it survived the detonation, but. Stargate. It's still intact. And it's still active. Odyssey, this is Tilk. Of course it has. <laughs> we need a glowing Tilk's gate. still alive. <laughs> If I had done so, I would be unable to inform you that the jump was successful. The Supergate is now active. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, he's joking. <laughs> I was able to keep the Stargate concealed until the last moment and lure the Ori vessel into the unstable vortex of the Supergate when the jump occurred. You mean we just blew up an Ori ship by destroying a Wraith ship? <laughs> that's a twofer. That's a Indeed we did. Today we have achieved a great victory. Yes, a great victory, but a bloody lucky one. Admit it, Tilt. These circumstances are not going to be repeated. But then again... She did what she believed was right, Daniel. How badly can she be punished for that? I don't know. Maybe she'll just get a slap on the wrist. No. She doesn't have a wrist. Be forced to write, I will not interfere in the affairs of humans again. Ten thousand times yeah i doubt that i think we have to accept that the ancients are not nice beings we found out the two addresses we came here for can you at least smile about that yeah cheer up daniel i suppose but we did find out something else too what they're not going to help us damn another good point there we're screwed we're in this alone doesn't that seem more like a mid-season uh, break thing to you? Everything's sort of wrapped up and things are all fluffy and warm. Well, I think your definition of fluffy and warm varies a little from mine. Yes, they destroyed a Wraith ship and an Ori vessel. And they've blocked one Super Stargate. But apart from that, nothing's changed. They're all fluffy and warm. Yep, and we're about to start a new quest. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Right, the call dropped. Did it? Yes. We continue talking. Well, unfortunately I haven't recorded it because the call dropped. This is Mike, recording this as I'm editing the final couple of minutes of the podcast. It went a bit pear-shaped. Bear with us. Yeah, I admit, technically that could have gone better. Although, in fairness, given the frequency of our recordings, the number of times we actually have problems is rare. Mm, I was going to say it's been a little while since the last bad Skype. Although, when we have problems, it never occurs just once, does it? Mm. Me and you, Mike, were doing the start of Season 9, it was... Yeah. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah. You? What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We have a little bit of feedback over on our Google Plus group. Mac McLeod posted, Just for once, could they not send the broken ship into battle? And I replied, Well, unlike Starfleet, the SGC doesn't have much choice in the matter. You can count their ships on one hand. Mac replied, True, not arguing about that, but having another ship in the series would have made the show more DS9-like, which could have improved the ratings. Plus, you would have thought the military would have wanted to go over that hive with a fine tooth comb. But overall, I liked the episode. It had a lot of good points and set things up for later seasons. Cheers, Mac. Over on Facebook, Brad posted, simply and sweet, 
Funny, I thought I recorded this one. Damn, they're starting to blend together. Yeah, I think that hours Brad works and trying to keep track of the episodes he does with us has finally caught up with him. It was amusing to be editing a show Brad was on while receiving messages from him saying he wasn't on it. Okay, I'm never going to get bored thanking everyone that reads, replies and starts threads on Facebook and Google+, nor especially thank everyone who keeps Stargate alive over on Twitter. If you don't already have a good Stargate following on that social media portal, then feel free to take a look at our Stargate media and sci-fi fan list for ideas on who is worth following. Right then, a few birthdays for this week. Include on the 24th, Sonia Bennett, who played Dahlia Radham in the Atlantis episode Coup d'etat. And on the 27th, Dean Devlin has his birthday. Without him, there would be no Stargate feature film and no Stargate TV series, as we came to know it. On the 28th, well, it's Amanda's birthday, probably one of the few days that is etched into the memory of all Stargate fans. And as always, looking forward to the creativity her birthday inspires amongst fans of herself, Stargate, Sanctuary, and pretty much everything she does. We would love to hear from you directly, or via a rating or review over on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you do have something to say, then you can use the contact form on gatecast.co.uk, or email us at gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. As we have mentioned, we are also on Facebook and Google Plus under Gatecast. And on Twitter, you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. Thanks for Brad for joining us this week, and next week we'll return with the Atlantis episode, Irresistible. So let's wrap up. Oh, God, I'm going to stay in my apartment tomorrow and hide. It's got to be 31. Ah, oh, toasty. Not sane, irrational, or in any way pleasant. <laughs> can we get back to winter, please? Yeah, you can have mine if you want it. That's not a proper winter. I'm sorry. Minus in single digits, that t-shirt weather. <laughs> Maybe I've been living here too long already. It's like that minus four. Barely chilly. Uh, although, in fairness now, if it was minus four here, I wouldn't even bother with a jacket going across the shop. I was going to say, I don't need a coat for that. <laughs> yeah. On that note, on the fact that I'd like to get a bus in five minutes, I'm going to go. Okay then, folks. That was the Pegasus Project. Or not, depending upon how much of the last couple of minutes we got of that episode. Next week, we return to Atlantis for the episode Irresistible. Yeah, nice little guest star in that. One of the more funny episodes. Or not, depending upon your sense of humour. <laughs> Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Brad. Take care, everybody, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Hey.